Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Phoenix Lee, and welcome to the Rise Again podcast. On this very special series premiere, we got the homie Paco DeCycle coming in from Des Moines, Iowa. Uh, it's just someone I want to have had on for a very long time. He's just lyrically one of the best I know in the city. On top of that, you know, I mess with his music heavy. Um, and just when I see him perform and the progression I've seen him as, you know, as an artist, it's just something I've always been interested in. And I really want to hear his story and, you know, where he's from, what he's about, uh, you know, just just everything about him and what, you know, makes him, you know, creatively have that passion to, um, you know, write and rap. Uh, it's just something I've always been fascinated with. And that's kind of what I want to go into with this podcast with is basically taking a deep dive into, you know, our creators, our entrepreneurs, just anybody that has that passion and drive for whatever they do and the love for whatever they do. That's something I've always been interested in. And I want them to tell their story. And so that's what, you know, hopefully you guys will hear um, within, you know, these podcasts is hearing the stories of just some really great people. And, you know, speaking a little bit about myself, um, you know, I'm from here. I'm from Des Moines, Iowa. I'm an entrepreneur. You know, I'm a, I'm a creator. Um, mainly what I do is I sell vintage clothing. So anything like 80s and 90s and early 2000s, I go like thrifting. Um, I go to flea markets. Um, I run a spot with the homie Bowie uh, called The Archive, which is inside Illust Around. It's a sneaker store here in West Des Moines if you guys are local. Um, on top of that, creator-wise, you know, I do podcasts, um, create videos, you know, content like that. And that's something that I want to take you guys on this journey with is, you know, me starting this from scratch and basically just taking it, you know, on the road and, you know, talking to people and creating videos. I, I just want to create everything for you guys. So I'm really excited to show you guys, you know, what I have in store and um, especially this podcast. I, I can't wait to just talk to a lot of the people I've been wanting to talk to for a long time. Um, I, maybe, maybe I'll do an episode kind of just about my story and everything, uh, here soon. Um, but I want to hear other people's stories, man. So without further ado, let's get into talking with Pico DeCycle. All right, guys, welcome back to our very first interview of Rise Again podcast. We got a very special guest today. We got the homie Pico DeCycle here in the building with us. Um, uh, say what's up to the people, man. What's up guys? Sweet, man. Uh, we've been wanting to do this for a while, dude. We've been talking, and uh, I'm just excited to have you on, man. So to kind of start things off, why don't you tell the people about yourself? Um, I'm Pico DeCycle, and I'm from Des Moines, fucking Iowa. Yeah, man, that's real, man. Des Moines, man. Uh, that's something that I've heard a lot, you know, within your music, for sure. Is, yeah. Uh, you, you rep Des Moines to the fullest, man. That's gotcha. something I definitely appreciate. Um, are you originally from... Des Moines, did you go anywhere else throughout kind of life, or has it just always been Des Moines? Uh, well, I was uh, raised in Perry, Iowa. That's where I went to high school. Okay. Um, and then I went to school here in Des Moines, and so I've been here ever since I graduated. Sweet, man. That's what's up. And uh, kind of getting into uh, your background and everything, you know, you are a musician, you're an artist. Um, did you kind of grow up, you know, with that, like, you know, music around the house, or do you have any... Uh, did your parents play music at all? or? Um, well, my uh, parents weren't musicians, but uh, my mom's really big into performance art, always okay. has been. Uh, my three other siblings were always in like the school plays, but I took the athlete route. I mean, I played piano when I was uh, in fifth grade. I think I played for like three years, and then I just quit because, I mean, Got into I, wanted the, to, yeah. I wanted to keep doing sports. I thought that... Um, piano lessons were getting in the way of my like little league practice, which I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty. Uh, if I would have stuck with playing the piano, probably would have helped me out. Yeah. But uh, 
I started getting into music um, really about three years ago. Oh. I, well, I thought about rapping for a long time, but of course I was like, there's no way. But I've always written poetry. Um, I took a class at Cornell College. I went there for uh, one year, my freshman year. It was on the writings of Bob Dylan. And uh, I was assigned the book uh, On the Road by Jack Kerouac. Okay. Unbeknownst to me then... Uh, that had like a deep uh, impact on me because I got into Kerouac and uh, his poetry and like the beat, the beatniks and I mean, yeah. Yeah, and that's that's definitely something uh, interesting to hear because a lot of people, you know, either they start really young and kind of work from there, but I also hear the other route of like people starting, you know, one, two, three years ago. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you're going into through high school playing sports um, having that kind of moment that you realize maybe this is something I want to do, uh, what was that moment like and when was it that you decided that you kind of wanted to start rapping? <clears throat> well, so I was kind of like just living the stagnant life of like waking up and going to work. And I remember thinking like, man, I've always wanted to do this and I have a homie where I could, who I could record with. And so like I remember sitting at a coffee shop I, like, for some reason just decided to start going to a coffee shop and start writing. Like, I'd bring a notebook. And then, like, after, like, a year of doing that, I was like, all right, like, I might have some, some bars I can lay down. And so, like, I went to the recording studio, and his name was Marty. And he was, uh, I knew him from high school. He wrestled, and he just has, like, a little home studio. And uh, so I recorded there for a little bit, and... How was that first time recording? The was first it? time recording, it was terrible. <laughs> I had it, I like went back in my emails about a year ago and it was like still like in in the computer. So I like mm-hmm. listened to it and I, oh, I deleted it right away. <laughs> you said, I'm not, I'm not, yeah. no one in the public, I'm not, that's not getting leaked. No way. <laughs> no way. Yeah, for sure. And uh, how was that kind of feeling? Uh, or when did you decide that, you know, after that first track and then kind of maybe recording a little bit more? Um, when did you decide that maybe this is something I want to put out to the world? Um, well, I like, uh, the first song I recorded in the studio, I just like kept repeating, recording that song over and over until finally, like it like sounded decent. And there's a song called there. I said it son. And I started it off with Pico to psycho slice, like lipo. And like, I thought that shit was so hard. <laughs> I was like, you know, man, there's no way no one's going to uh, not like this. I was, like, so arrogant back then. <laughs> but, I mean, I didn't really see, I think maybe 13 people listened to that song. I was, like, watching hard on my SoundCloud. Mm-hmm. But I didn't really get any, like, hits on any content until I free, I, uh, not freestyled, I uh, did... A verse over um, What They Want by Ross okay. in my work truck. Yeah. And uh, I like posted it, and that's when I got like some positive feedback and shit, and people were like, yo, this is tight. Oh, that's dope. And uh, having that positive feedback and that kind of like reaction, is that something that helped push you to deciding like maybe this is, this is it? This, uh, is, this is kind yeah. of the move? I think then still I was just like alright this is just a hobby like I'm not gonna take it serious but then I released like two little projects uh, at Marty's studio um, and then like some people like you know what this is actually pretty good my girlfriend was like down she's like you know what you're good you gotta just keep doing it 
Um, and then I got, I asked someone where I could record at someone else. Cause Marty was like, yo, I got, I enjoy recording with you, but like, if you like, like you're good enough to where you're going to want to like go to someone who does this professionally. Mm. So I was like, all right. So I like got on Facebook and I asked, uh, some people who, who's got a recording studio and a guy named Anthony Maldonado like reached out to me said, yo, come through. So I came through, started recording at Anthony's, um, at AM Mixes. Um, I mean, he helped me progress a lot in just, like, getting my first, like, real project running. Um, and then right after I released Boredom, which was my first, like, big thing, I guess mm-hmm. you could say, I put it on Spotify. That's when you know it's real. When yeah. You Spotify. Yeah. When uh, you get that Spotify, Apple Music, the yeah, iTunes. I don't even really fuck with SoundCloud that much <laughs> anymore, which I probably should. But um, anyway, yeah, no, uh, I released Boredom in November last year, or maybe October 2018. Mm-hmm. And like a month later, B. Well hit me up and he was like, hey, I'm doing a show. Like, you want to open up for me? And I was like, I think that moment when I was like, damn, all right, I guess like I'm kind of semi-serious with this because when you get into that point of releasing you know quote-unquote your studio album the first yeah. studio album um i'm sure you know first of all you're putting money into it uh-huh. you know shit's not free so mm-hmm. you know putting that into it that's that's taking it seriously and then on top of that you get recognition through maybe some other uh, local artists and things and uh, what was the first uh performance that you had was it culture con or was it before then oh it was uh be, it was a project that B Well dropped. I can't remember what it was, or maybe it might have just been a concert. It was at Vaudeville. Okay, okay, but, yeah, I know uh, which one you're talking about. Let's... Man, I was so nervous. I like had uh, practiced my set for like three weeks with my DJ, and like I was like, I cannot fuck this up. And I remember like texting Billy like when he asked me, and I was like, I don't know, I've never done a show before. Like, <laughs> and he's like, like well, be hella nervous. Yeah. And he was like, well, I mean, well, what do you do it for? And I was like, you know what? You're fucking right. Yeah. Like, and I was like, all right, fine. Sign me up. And I remember like I like the biggest stepping stone I had with being an artist, the hardest box to check was a performing. Like, cause I've always kind of had like this, like anxiety being in front of people. Um, and then bam, next thing you know, you're fucking on stage rapping and like, you can't like, run away it's, it's on you you know what I mean yeah, yeah. no it was awesome uh, I remember getting off the stage and I remember like so much weight was lifted off my shoulders because I feel like I mean performance is a huge part if you're yeah. an artist like you can't just be like locked up in the studio just dropping I mean I, I guess you can but I mean you're like not as effective as an artist unless you're like you're performing yeah you know? people see that and like they feel you know you're in the room and everything like you can feel that through at least like with me listening like um you know just as a common consumer you know like i hear music but when i go and see them it's, yeah. a, it's a whole different yeah. vibe you you connect you exactly. know what i mean no matter if you're all the way in the nosebleeds to being in the front row i feel yeah i feel like you definitely can connect and uh to touch base on that man i i, I completely understand because I, I have like kind of the stage fright kind of yeah. thing too you know from um not as much now but um you know playing sports you're technically still performing in front of people, but yeah, it's a, no, it's it's a team. It's different. It's different. Well, it's no, the, so I wrestled. Okay. So, like, I remember when I was like, oh, man, am I going to do all right in this performance? I was like, bro, like, you used to go out and wrestle, like, another dude in mm-hmm. front of P. 
people. So it's like, dude, like, you lost in wrestling, like, which is pretty embarrassing, like, to lose. It's like, you used to lose in front of a bunch of people all the time. Like, that's way worse than, like, fucking fucking up a line in a, mm-hmm. in a performance, in my opinion. Yeah. So it's like, what the fuck are you afraid of? What do you of? got to lose, yeah. you know, kind of? And that's the other thing, too, is, uh, you know, messing up a line or lyric, you know, for the most part, like, you know your stuff, but they, they're just listening, mm-hmm. especially coming out, so, like... Yeah, exactly. I know that's another thing, like, uh, like I remember, like, my first performance, yeah. and I'd be like, well, fuck, what if I mess up all my, my words, and my DJ Dustin was like, bro, no one's gonna know your words, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> it's like, shit, let's, let's see how that goes. And my first performance was crazy, because, like, I, I, I didn't leave the mic. I was so petrified, like, I had only practiced mm-hmm. with the mic on its stand, and so, like, I was like, well, I can't just fucking start walking around, because that's not how I practice, you know? So I just like walked up to this, walked up to the mic, and I just put my hand on it, and like I, I had a great performance, like, um, I like killed it. Yeah. Um, for my first show, I should say I did okay. Um, but I just stood there, kind of like, like this, it was like yeah. super awkward, but oh well. But it was different too, you know, probably versus like everyone running around and everything. And, yeah. And then also it's it's getting that first one out the way. Yeah, it's with to. anything, you know. You get yeah. that first one out the way, then it's just kind of, you know, progress and working from there. Exactly. How do you feel from that moment, you know, that first time on stage, um, you know, that you progressed since then? Oh, man. It's like night and day difference now. It's like... I used to worry about, like, I used to always just think about the next line that I had. Mm -hmm. But I've practiced so much and I'm so comfortable now that, like, I don't even, like, want to think about it. Because if I think about it, then I'll fuck up. And I've also progressed in my shows because, like, I don't, like, stand there. Like, I'm engaging the people. I'm, like, naturally just, like, kind of like a dumbass and I say, like, stupid shit and... Most of the time, like, people will laugh at that stupid shit, so, I mean. You're human, man. And, you know? and like, <laughs> and I guess the anxiety for me now is just, like, the anticipation of it. It's mm. like, fuck, it's almost there, like, I want to go on. But, of course, like, you got to wait and shit until it's your turn. Yeah. But as soon as I'm up there now, it's like, fuck it, whatever. You're just into it, just performing. Yeah. and I like it. Yeah, for sure. And uh, that's something, so the first time I saw you was at CultureCon 2019. And which is crazy, like man, it's already been a been a year. Yeah, I know. Been, time flies, but damn, I had the band that time. Yeah, too. dude. So I see you come damn, out, right? Awesome. I never heard of you. Like I'm just like I never like never heard of you. So you come out, right? And then I was like, oh shit, he's, he's got the band going too with oh, him. Yeah. And so you start spitting, and I'm like, this is different versus what I've heard here locally. Yeah, and like that's something. That like I've just appreciated, man. So uh, I I hear that and I'm like, okay, this is different. And then you start going through different tracks, and once you got off, and I was like, okay, like he's gonna do something here. And like just seeing you, uh, kind of, you know, your progression, like I see, is you know, even from boredom to you know, Dink Sinatra, which we'll talk about a little bit later. Um, I definitely see that. And then as far as stage, you know, presence goes, like I just saw you perform at the, the last culture con yeah. and it's like, like you said, night and day yeah. and funny enough though. So I don't think I've talked to you about this. So, um, I was at that culture con I was selling and all that kind of stuff, you know? So we go outside, grab, I think like a drink and some food and everything. And so, um, I'm eating, these guys were in line and they're like, 
yeah, man, he's progressed so much. And I was just, like, curious. I was like, oh, what are you talking about? They said, Pico, man, like, we saw his first performance and then it goes to now. <laughs> and, like, this is CultureCon 2019. They're like, yeah, he's grown so much. And I'm like, I'm like, damn, man, if he grew to that, like, I can't wait to, you know, see yeah, the progression and everything. But it's got to be a good feeling, man, to put in the work. And yeah. that's something that I've seen, you know, a lot of people do. But is that something that you care a lot about is, like, the time and the effort of putting into the work? I know you mentioned that you're a very competitive person as well, you know, definitely with that, uh, the wrestling background, I yeah. can get that. Is that something that you care a lot about is, you know, the perfecting your craft? Oh, well, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Um, you know, I was thinking about this, uh, today. It's like, so I come from a performance, performing arts family, but like, I, I'm an athlete, like no matter what, like in our house it was expected that like you perform and you like execute and like, it should always be as close to perfect as possible. I mean, it's not an option of um, executing it. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's got to happen. It's got to happen. Yeah. And when I go on stage, it's kind of weird, but something that's just me because I'm a competitive person. But like every time I step on stage, I like remind myself that like, all right, people are gonna remember me the most out of everyone tonight, and like then I just like fucking have to go prove it to myself. Yeah but that's the way to go out you know you gotta i feel like if you don't feel like you're number one then you're not gonna produce you know 100%. number one shit you know i mean, mean i like, i uh my dj dustin dustin miller dustin potty mouth he probably gets annoyed at me because like um like a few weeks leading up to a show like i'm hammering him every day like yeah. wanting to practice a set because it's got to be perfect yeah. and if not perfect like maybe one tiny little mistake yeah <laughs> but yeah I mean since becoming an artist I see when I look out in the audience like how people like really like enjoy fucking being in the moment of the artist that's on stage mm -hmm. and like I recognize that now yeah so. and that's 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 definitely uh, dope man and then uh, to see to have that feeling is definitely gotta be something that's just like a drug you know what i mean yeah, like to, oh yeah. to it's a, like that adrenaline rush of being on stage yeah once you're on stage you don't want to leave yeah yeah um kind of taking things back uh you know with music you said your family was uh, you know into the performing arts and um what did you kind of grow up listening to did you grow up listening to rap or <clears throat> so like early memories of like being in the car with my parents uh oldies 93.3 was consistent and i still listen to that shit mm -hmm. um so, like, I remember being enthralled with, like, the Beach Boys, um, Bob Dylan, Jimi Hendrix. And then I found my dad's old record collection when I was in, like, fourth grade. And uh, I, like, found the Kiss album. Mm. Uh, and so, like, I would, like, sit in front of the reflective fireplace panel thing that you yeah. pull back. And I would have this, like, electronic, this uh, old um, toy guitar. And I would just pretend I was Gene Simmons. Nice. Like, and, like, put the record on. And, like, I thought I was so cool because I knew how to use a record player in yeah. fourth grade and shit. And so, like, I'd see all these, like, uh, album covers. Yeah. And I'd be like, oh, I wonder what this sounds like. I remember, like, being introduced to Sweet. Um, I think my dad had uh, Marvin Gaye's Let's Get It On. Mm. Oh, whatever that album was called. Uh, I think it was Mercy Me. Mm -hmm. He had that album. And so I was, like, really big into, like, the... 70s rock and roll 60s rock and roll i mean 
the Beatles brunch we always listen to at the house on the stereo on Sundays. So they'd just play Beatles nonstop for nice. like two hours. But as I grew up uh, in fifth grade, my uh, cousin's boyfriend burned a CD, and on that CD was a bunch of songs from uh, Slim Shady LP and the Marshall Mathers LP. Um, there's some Dre, there's some Nas, and there's some Biggie. And the track uh, um, by the Gorillas. What's their, like... Uh... Feel Good? No. Before that? Oh, the... Uh... Oh, what's that called? Uh, Clint Eastwood. Yeah, there Clint Eastwood. Yeah. It had that song in it. And yeah, I damn. listened to that, that CD yeah. nonstop for like three years. And that's like kind of where I grew up. That's how I grew into rap. Um, and I would listen to Kiss 107 FM just so Tupac's California Love. Yeah. Love that shit. And then when I got into high school, it was all about Lil Wayne. Lil Wayne. Um, and then when I was in college, I like was big into Wiz Khalifa and uh, Mac Miller. Uh, a buddy at Cornell got me into Atmosphere, which I mean, uh, he's probably like my biggest musical influence. Um, listened to a lot of Chris Webby in college, a lot of Mac Miller. Um, but yeah, I guess you could say my biggest musical influences are uh, Atmosphere, Mac Miller, and Lupe Fiasco. I can see that, yeah. And the, speaking of that, you know, first of all, with uh, having that kind of burnt CD and something, like, basically the playlist to represent, you know, your years oh, of, you know, growing up and your adolescence and everything, it's, it's always cool to kind of go back. And then also playing, like, you know, your father's records and, like, the older yeah. stuff. I feel like as, you know... A, you know someone who's into music you gotta have like a wide range of kind of like things you listen to if you're like bro i listen to into, i listen to uh everything yeah i listen to um i listen to fucking mexican music i yeah. listen to la Ley all the time um yeah man i feel like if you just listen to one type of music like i feel like especially if you're an artist like man I can't imagine what you sound like if you only listen to one type of music, yeah. you know? Do you feel like a lot of the, you know, kind of early years of, like, the Beatles and Hendrix and then going into, like, you know, um, that Burnt CD, uh, do you think that influenced you a lot as an artist um, when you started to pick up the mic and uh, started to oh, write yeah. and everything? Oh, yeah. Um, so my producer is from the UK. He, like, randomly hit me up in SoundCloud, like, two years ago. Yeah. He was like, hey, like, I like your stuff. Like, here's here's 40 songs, 40 tracks. Mm. And, like, I remember, like, seeing it and being like, ah, oh, man, this guy's probably just, like, not that good. Yeah. And then, like, maybe, like, a week later, I actually sat down and, like, listened to him. And I was like, holy fuck, send me this track, this yeah. track, this track, this track. And uh, so I guess when I hear sounds, I'll listen to, like, 93.3, KLA, mm -hmm. and I'll, like, be like, Siri, what song is this? Yeah. And then I'll... I'll snap a photo of it on Spotify and then I'll send it to him and mm -hmm. I'll say, hey, sample this part. But then also put some fucking like boom bap drums yeah. to it, you know? So it's like, I'm always, and it'll be like the weirdest shit. I had him sample like some, uh, some Mexican meat, uh, Jose Alfredo Ramirez. Mm. He slaps. Damn, I'll And, uh, there's like, yo, you gotta fucking cut, sample this part yeah. right here. 
and he'll just be like, all right, safe. And then he'll send it back to me. And then like, we'll build, we'll build onto it as we go. I got like a dude who's like a really phenomenal bass player. I mean, he added a lot of elements to the track, Dag Sinatra. Um, but he also knows like how to play the keys. He's mm-hmm. like a savant. Yeah. He's really fucking good. And so like Liu will start the bass off of something that I heard. Yeah. You know, like kind of work from of a, it. Oh, dude, this sample's awesome. Was listening to this. Was listening to. Was watching The Sopranos. Mm-hmm. And I heard this beat, and I was like, "Yo, this is meant to be a rap song." So I sent it to Damn. Leo, and he chopped it up, and it's fucking awesome. Damn. Leo is the fucking man. And that's the best part, and that's something I do love is like sampling and everything, and um, to put your influence into your own music. I mean, that's the goal, you know yeah. what I mean? Like to 100%. have that. Um, one thing I've always loved um, ever since that that CultureCon 2019 when I first heard you, and then uh, you know diving into like your studio stuff and singles and everything is your lyricism, man. Like I feel like I feel like here, uh, not even just like locally, but you know even with other artists too, man. I feel like you you. Your lyrics are on point, but also how you deliver them too, yeah. and that's that's something um, I definitely appreciate. But is that something that you really thought about, like going into music that you wanted to kind of have, or is it just something uh, that just kind of happened? Um, well, like I've always like caught myself sometimes uh, when I'm talking, like oh man, sometimes like that that's like like your words are rhyming as you're speaking. So I've like always naturally been good at like rhymes. And so, like, it's e- it's easy to write one one rhyme, but it's a lot more fun and challenging to try to fo- put like seven rhymes within like four short sentences yeah. or three short sentences. So yeah, I mean that's the that's like the best part of being an artist, in my opinion, is like formulating the rhymes, and that's I mean just naturally I think when you rhyme stuff in a dope ass flow like that's like the hardest thing yeah well that's something definitely um can understand there and I mean that's that's just what makes it versus uh because I feel like nowadays you know with people who are making music or just like let's just say rap in general Mm -hmm. um you definitely have a lot of people who care about the lyrics but then there's also people who care about like I guess as much as you know what what it's going to sound like to the people so to have it kind of mesh well together is yeah. a, you know it's always something I'm, I'm sure is a goal yeah um well i also grew up like my fa- like the album that i've listened to the most out of any album in the world was the slim shady lp and like i mean yeah so like a lot of my rhyme schemes derive from like yeah. old m yeah i mean mac had mac was really good at flowing through rhymes like his rhyme scheme was incredible him Kendrick Lamar, um, Nas, and Eminem were so good, and Lupe yeah, were yeah. are so good at continuing to rhyme. Yeah. Like, there's like, I don't want to say this in an interview. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I was Let's put it on. I was gonna go somewhere, <laughs> but I'm not. Nah, um, it's just I I enjoy that type of rapping yeah. a lot more. Cause I mean, it's one thing to rhyme a bunch of words, but to rhyme to rhyme a single. Yeah, rhyme. Yeah, but then to put like, like you know, when you look on the genius, when you look on the genius annotated things that they do, and like when you like when they highlight all like the little rhymes within it, like the like that shit gets me so hyped. Yeah, 
And like I try to do that all the time. And like I'll write I'll write something and then I'll be like, Alright, well I don't like that word, but that word rhymes with something mm-hmm. down here. Let's... So I can like a a synonym rhymes yeah. with a word that's later on in the bar. So like I'm always going back and always studying, shit. looking, and kind of. But I mean, I'm not. T- I'm not going to say that that's like all I want to do in rap because there is times where like you need to like. You know, I have so much substance if you rely on one thing and like mm-hmm. the, like I mean, it's cool, but then like you, there's songs that just you don't need to do, that. Yeah. or beats that you don't need to just continually rhyme shit off of, where you can use like just a an end rhyme. I mean, that's perfectly fine. Yeah. It's just all about how you deliver it. Yeah, it is. And the delivery, um, especially with artists that you mentioned that, you know, you look into and everything. And then just, for instance, like if you look at Mac and where he went and then where he unfortunately ended, you know, going into with just producing, you know, music and that there was still hip hop influence, but then it started to get into a lot of other things. And uh, even, uh, you know, half those artists, Lupe, you know, you get into his older stuff into like now the newer stuff, uh, you know, and getting into the, with the live bands and kind of going into mm-hmm. those things. Like, is that something that, you know, I know you use now, is that something that you kind of want to get into more, uh, learning instruments and kind of going from there? Oh yeah. hundred percent. I want to, um, I've been talking with Dustin, my DJ, and he's also who I record with as well. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got fucking everything. Yeah. And, uh, so, I'm going to try to buy a keyboard off of him so I can just start learning self teach. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, that's all you can do. And, um, the, the need to grow is always, you know, you don't want to be kind of stuck at the same Not, point. Like never stagnant. Yeah. That's like my life goal. My life rule is never stay stagnant. For sure. And, uh, kind of speaking of, you know, we, we talked a little bit about, you know, your, your stage presence and how you feel like you've grown. Um, one thing I did want to really get into is something that actually just happened recently is you uh, being able to open up for Jizza. Um, how how did that kind of... Because I swear it was just like a so day before is, you made a post is like opening up for... I was like, bro, what? Like, So this is dumb. <laughs> so like uh, so like on Saturday, three Saturdays ago, mm-hmm. or it was two, it was the week before the show Yep. on a Saturday and like we we're going back to Perry to s- celebrate my mom's birthday. And I, I'm in the car, and I see Jizza at Gabe's. And I was like, oh, I like right after CultureCon got done, mm-hmm. I like was like, all right, well, you know, that show went awesome. It's time for me to fucking branch out and like see if I could do shows in Omaha, Minneapolis, um, Chicago. I sent some to um, Kansas City, and I sent one to Gabe's in Iowa City, just an email. Mm-hmm. You know, saying the whole, hey, I'm looking to grow my audience, blah, 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 I'll open up for anybody. Like, three people maybe uh, hit me back, and the Gabe's guy was one of them. And he sent me a message the next day on text, because I had put my phone mm-hmm. number at the bottom. He said, hey, this is Pike of the Cycle, right? I'm just making sure so I can add you on my phone. So I was like, okay, safe. Yeah, this is Pike of the Psycho. And then, so that was maybe a few weeks before... Um, my mom's birthday dinner mm-hmm. and so like I'm sitting at di- at dinner right before we go out to celebrate and I'd, ha- I'd had a few shots of tequila and a few beers so I was like kind of drunk Yeah. and I remember I just remembered that Jizzle was coming to Iowa City I didn't know when oh okay so I text this branding guy and I say yo do you need anyone to open up 
for Jizza. And he goes, you know, I can probably fit you on. Can you sell 20 tickets? And I'm like, I've, I think I can sell 20 tickets by then. And I, I, for some reason, I was thinking it was in like February <laughs> or March. Yeah. And so I said, yeah. And then he said, okay, cool. And then uh, I like started talking about it to my girlfriend. And she's like, wait, when is it? So I was like, I think it's in February. So I like, go to my phone and I see it's fucking next Thursday. <laughs> next Thursday. And I'm like, oh my fucking God, what did I do? And so I was like, on the ride home, I was like, fuck, I don't think I can sell these 20 tickets I got. I just like started a group chat with everyone who had been to like one of my shows. And I was like, yo, I might perform in Iowa City for Jizza. Who's part of Wu Tang Clan? Yeah. I had to say he's yeah. part of Wu Tang because everyone's like, "Who's Jizza?" Yeah. <laughs> it's like, man, like, how the fuck do you don't know? But he's part of Wu Tang, and of course, everyone knows who Wu Tang yeah. is. But yeah, I got those twenty tickets sold. So I mean, he 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 overnight mailed the uh, damn tickets, and yeah, all how I was had to that? Do was show yeah. up. How was it that was experience? Awesome. You know, uh, it was dope. So I like am dropping equipment off. We got like the last parking spot in front of Gabe's, which was like, oh, that's cool, you know. Yeah. Guy said to be there at six o'clock. We show up at like six fifty-five. Walking in, I hear someone behind me, and I I, I open the door and it's fucking Jizza. He yeah. like walked in like behind us, and like the whole time I was driving down there, I was like, oh man, I'm gonna be fucking hella nervous. But the thing that kept me calm was like, oh, Jizza's never, Jizza's probably not even gonna go show up to sound check, like. Jizz is probably not getting off his bus until, yeah. until like his set goes on. Nah, this dude fucking showed up as a passenger in a Toyota, um, uh, what Tacoma, Damn. Wow. with the owner of Gabe's. Wow, and just walked in, did his sound check. His DJ did everything for me. Just stood on the stage, which was hilarious. And then he went down and shot pool for like a half an hour, and then just disappeared. Yeah. So yeah, it's hilarious. Didn't think he'd show up to a set, and he was yeah. like the first one in the building. That's wild. That's work ethic too. You know what I mean? Like to I mean, be yeah. after all these years and still got you know, to. That's that's wild. And you know, speaking of work ethic, you know that that shows your work ethic too. And you're, you know, you a lot of people wait for people to contact them or things like that. Oh, you no. you reached out, you oh, know, yeah. and you hit up people and you you stayed you know hitting up people and letting people know yeah. and you reached out and that's something uh got that, it man yeah gotta shoot yeah you gotta shoot I, for uh, it i like sent a email to a guy at first ave in minneapolis mm-hmm. which is like fucking like probably the dopest place in the midwest to perform like rage against the machine played there uh prince yeah. played played there and uh, he actually emailed me back and said, like, I, hey, I listened to your stuff. Like, you're good. Have you ever, do you have any history in the Twin Cities? And I was like, no, I don't, but I'd love to start. And he goes, all right, well, first dab's kind of big, but uh, do a few stops here and we'll think about it. So I was like, and I, I, I emailed him back saying, you miss 100% of the shots that you don't take. Hey. And he said something back, like, absolutely, man. <laughs> and I was like, but that's the truth, man. Exactly. And, yeah, is that something? You can't that... get mad at people for, for fucking trying to reach the yeah. dreams you know? yeah like the worst you know it's something that say no yeah exactly it's the, it's the thing my mother taught me and i'm sure like everyone the yeah. worst someone can say is no. no so it's like why why not you know and why not you you know what i mean exactly. like it, it came down to you know performing at theirs like why why can't i why shouldn't yeah. it be why not you know? if you put in the work and you, you put in the effort man like people are gonna see that yeah. like, and that's something that's uh that's really dope and that's something that hopefully the listeners kind of take too and everything um 
looking into the scene here in Des Moines, um, you know, you started three years ago, but honestly, at the same time, that's kind of been the biggest boom too, um, at least in my opinion, of like seeing artists grow and people, you know, not only get the opportunities, and that's something that I, I really love to see is like you guys are getting a lot more. Op- I mean, at least for my eyes, you guys are getting a lot more opportunities, you know, for stage time, for, yeah. you know, having your own shows, like, you know, things like that. Um, what do you think of kind of the scene here in Des Moines right now? Well, the Des Moines scene is untapped potential. Um, there's so many like talented people here in this city i mean i'll just go out and say like there's a shit ton of talent in iowa and someday the dingus dudes in charge of the industry are gonna stop flying over and they're gonna drive through and, and they'll see that it's kind of asinine to think like you gotta go to la to be great it's like that's such a fucking terrible mindset to have yeah. that you gotta leave somewhere to um get on yeah I mean that's just not me I'm trying to make people uh, visit Iowa like that's like my biggest goal is a, I want people to travel to Des Moines to like see people here perform yeah. you know like throw a show at Woolies and have a bunch of people from Missouri Minnesota fucking Georgia to come up just to see cause you know it's kind of like a big deal to see artists play in their hometown mm-hmm. I mean it's not kind of it is a big yeah. deal like and I recognized that when I went to Slipknot at the mm. State Fair. Like, fuck, dude. Like, this is, like, fucking huge. Like, Slipknot playing Grandstand at the State Fair. Like, that was dope. Yeah. Like, I want to bring that here for, like, the, the music scene. Yeah. For the rap scene, I should say. Because, I mean, Slipknot's gotten it done. But, I mean, but people, not, don't think yeah. of, people don't think of fucking rap when they think of Iowa. Yeah. And not that's yet. the truth, man. Like, and that's something that even on a national spectrum, like you don't see too many like national based artists like go, I mean, billboard wise, what was the last one? Probably Drake. Well, I guess Young Thug came, but um, you look at that, but on the smaller, I think like, why can't like you guys do something at Wells Fargo arena? Like, you know, I, I think yeah. of that stuff, man. Like, yeah. I mean, that's like, that's like gotta be the number one thing. Like if you're a Des Moines artist, you want to sell out Wells Fargo. Yeah. Like that'd be tight, and that's like Paul McCartney comes and plays there. Exactly. You think about how many people like hit, no matter how the stage stuff is, how many people have been there. You know what I mean? Like some some of the greats. Like we we do get a lot of like you know good bands and people and just you know wonderful artists there. And that's something I I think, like I said, has uh, changed. I think right now is kind of the the best point I'm seeing in artists and like you guys and. Um, just so many great people. Do you think it's kind of a thing that maybe people should kind of collaborate more? Um, uh, uh, definitely. Um, I think you're seeing a lot more. I don't know. I wasn't around, so I can't speak for like maybe five, ten years ago the Des Moines scene. But from what I've gathered, um, it was kind of like like a lot of competition. Not mm-hmm. to say that competition's like terrible, but like I think people are are more susceptible to like being friendly with the other artists mm-hmm. now compared to that back then yeah. but that's just me speculating because i wasn't around yeah, but, i mean i that's what i take from it like there's a little bit more unity now in the des moines rap scene than there used to be that's good to see you know it's uh with us being you know a smaller city it definitely you need some people uh to collaborate with and so you can grow you yeah know, got, to. got to get a good team around you um and you got to collab with people in the city I yeah mean, that's i mean you got to help put each other on 
Yeah, and that's the goal. And even with like, uh, you know, like you mentioned, you know, going, um, you know, opening up with Bebo, and you have, uh, you've, you were at the West uh, album release yeah. as well, and everything. Yeah. Like, um, people like that, and you guys working together, it, it, it's just cool to see. Um, yeah. But on top of that, who's some of your kind of favorite people to collaborate here in the city? Um, shit, I've collaborated with a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, like probably my favorite song of all time is the joint that I did with Space. I really like Hell Loose. Hell Loose is, yeah. Um, Loudmouth with Be Well. Um, Passing with Giuliano. Shit, all of my collabs with DeMar- uh, Buzz Lightyear with Nova. I mean, that chick is fucking yeah. hella talented. She's probably... Sh- shit, she's one of like, my favorite artists. She's about to blow, I think. Yeah. I think so. No, for real. Um, what would be kind of a a goal for yourself that you'd like to accomplish here in the city? I'd like to sell out uh, Woolies. Yeah. Uh, I did a collab with some friends, which is like a, a reggae band here in Des Moines, and they're awesome. That's probably that's one of my favorite collabs too. Was doing uh, some friends. I did two songs with them. Nice. Uh, one one made the album. Uh, and they sold out Woolies for like their album release party, and it's like fuck, like I want that for me, like. Uh, so yeah, definitely selling out Woolies would be tight. Definitely, like the not a fucking place to stand would be yeah. sweet, and to have like a line. Yeah, that's my goal. The is line. to have a line, line outside a place for me. Dude, that's the feeling. Goal. That's like, yeah. Just to see people lined up to for like you. yeah, that's that's yeah, that's, that's something my, that's that's my goal. There you go. Fuck the sellout. Just give me, give me the <laughs> give line. me a line. I'll be good <laughs> for sure. Um, one, you did mention, uh, Dink Sinatra, uh, the, you know, you released it in November, what, 2019, right? Yeah. So some of my favorite, you know, tracks, I mean, and speaking of collabs, uh, the song with, uh, Fly, Fly Life, Life yeah. bro, like, that that's, hard. I was just bumping that, but I stayed, yeah. you know, it's, it's, so you want to know a funny story? Yeah. What's up? Uh, I was going to record a song with Fly Life and it was like a completely different beat and Leo had just sent me a beat pack and uh, I like recorded it with Dustin and Dustin was like listening to it and I recorded it like uh, in the last half I can't remember why I did that but then Dustin was like listening to it and he was like you know what I feel like D would rather do this song than the original song and I said alright like I'll send it to him and he had something sent back to me he had his verse sent back to me the next morning like he was like, "Hey, this is just like a rough take, but here it is." Yeah. And he like had it. It was awesome. It was like the easiest collab I've ever done. Like, just so quick yeah, and so quick turnaround. That's crazy though that it could have been something different. Cause yeah. when I listened to that man, like, yeah, no, that shit's that shit. And Dustin sent me the final product, and I was like, "Oh man, this thing's gonna be a hit." It and is. it's doing pretty well. Yeah, it really is. And yeah, I like that song a lot. And then the overall on the album. Where do you think, you know, looking at boredom to Dank Sinatra, do you feel like the progression and just, you know, basically from the art to the uh, to the next album, how how do you think that's progressed? I was more thorough with uh, with Dank Sinatra than I was with Boredom, mm-hmm. but there's way more substance in Boredom. Uh, when when uh, Mac died, I listened to a lot of faces, like just going back and being like, man, this is such a hard. I remember when that tape dropped, um, 
That's probably like my favorite mixtape of all time. Um, and I remember being like, man, this album, this mixtape is awesome because it's literally just like ignorant rap bars, yeah. you know? And so that's like kind of what I wanted Dank Sinatra to be. Like I wasn't looking, I wasn't really trying to go deep with anything uh, more... as far as like, I mean, I'm pretty good at storytelling and I'm pretty good at shit like that, but I was just trying to like kind of make some ignorant stuff that yeah. would stick, yeah. you know? And so, uh, I'm working on a bunch of songs right now. Uh, it's, it's going to have a lot more substance. It's going to be... Can we grow. expect a new album this year? Uh, you can probably expect a new project right now. I don't know if I'm 100% certain on it, but I might be working on a project called Psych Collections. Uh, I just recorded a dope-ass track yesterday. Um, I've got a lot of stuff in the archives. It's just a matter of when I want to drop it. I got a song dropping at the beginning of the summer. Uh, I've performed it a few times. Uh, I'm kind of waiting on that because I feel like it's probably my best song yet. It's like I want to know. I want to... I need to take my time and execute the uh, um, other part of being an artist, which is like effectively spreading mm-hmm. uh, content yeah. at the right time. Yeah, it's uh, there's a there's a right time and place for everything. Exactly. You know what I mean, like you gotta like back in the day, I was all about recording something and throwing it up on SoundCloud. Like when I'd be at when I'd record at Marty's, I'd like listen to stuff on the way home that he sent that I did. I'm like, oh man, this is hard. I'm gonna put it on. Just right away. <laughs> and now it's like, man, like I get anxiety if I think about putting a track down without even like properly giving it enough time to sit, so I can resonate with it. You know. I think my biggest gr- uh, thing, as far as growth wise, is I've become way more patient. Hmm. I'm not as like antsy to get something out there. Now it's like. St- I gotta make stuff that sticks. Yeah. You know. And that you're happy with as well, yeah. you know. Yeah. For sure. Exactly. So yeah, you'll expect I'll, I might I go to the UK for my birthday and I might do a video over there. I'm not for sure yet. Cuz I'm going to the UK to visit Leo. Yeah. So, I mean, um, that's so, going to be Oh man, it's going to yeah, be awesome. that's gonna be like, we're finally going to have an opportunity to sit down and be right next to each other and like fuck you saying like shit we could probably put out like two albums. Cuz if that's like, something you're not no. wrong. Have you guys have you guys uh, talked over like FaceTime oh, yeah. all that oh, yeah. stuff but oh, then yeah. we never have you ever met. used Discord? Yeah, yeah. So he does that because he's like teaching me how he like makes oh, okay. his music and shit. Um So yeah, but we're going to actually like he'll be able to record me and shit which will be crazy. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, that's gonna be a good time. Oh man, I'm fucking hyped. That's crazy, man. It's uh, it's crazy. Like I was just thinking, like, like I'm actually gonna go meet Leo. Like, who would have thought that? Like, when this fucking kid messaged me on SoundCloud about some beats that I wasn't taking 100 percent serious at first. And then and now, like, damn, yeah. A couple projects later, oh, yeah, a couple, yeah. dude, that's wild. Yeah, I know, and he fucking just like surprises me every time that he sends a new like a collection of beats Mm -hmm. and they're all over the place that's why i'm i'm like fucking spoiled by leo because he'll like he'll send me a grime track with like this really weird funky like cruising usa type music you know the video game cruising usa it'll be like like stuff that you like would expect from that Mm -hmm. 
like a European racing game, and then he'll send like he's all over the place. It's crazy. I got like probably like a hundred tracks in my phone of Leo. But it's nice are, to have that kind oh, of yeah. Like, yeah. I go back. I go back and pull stuff from that first uh, playlist that he sent me. Like it doesn't stop. Like I just never give up on the shit that he sends me. We gotta have you back on, man, to, oh, to hear that whole story and kind of, uh, yeah, kind of, of see course. where you do yeah, everything. I'm so fucking hyped, and I guess we might be going to Ireland for St. Patty's Day. And oh, like, geez. that's probably a... one of my like. It's kind of lame, but for I've always wanted to go to like a really old pub in Ireland and just sip on a lukewarm Guinness and like just hear the Irish banter. Dude, you know, that's dreams, man. Yeah. Dude, I'm fucking hyped. Yeah. Can't wait, man. Well, we definitely appreciate you for coming on, man. Well, I appreciate um, you having me. Oh, yeah. All good, man. I appreciate you being the first guest on the Rise Again hey. podcast, dude. That's, that's sick, man. <laughs> I haven't wanted to get you on for a while. Yeah, man, um, I appreciate it. If you had a couple things, you know, kind of just tell the listeners that you've learned in your journey of creating or just some advice for that person who hasn't released, you know, a track yet or hasn't released, you know, any projects yet, uh, what would you tell them? Uh, face your fucking fears. Um, be comfortable being uncomfortable. I mean, legends take risks to get to where they are, you know? Yeah. So, take fucking risks. Don't be scared. Don't be a bitch. Just do it. There you go, man. Appreciate coming on, dude. I appreciate it. All right, guys. I want to thank Pocketo Psycho for coming on and being my very first guest on the Rise Again podcast. I definitely appreciate it. And I appreciate you guys, man, for watching and listening and you know liking and sharing um you know just all that good stuff uh you know leading up to this point uh i've been really excited about this man and i can't wait you know for this next journey i can't wait to you know share so many stories and tell so many stories um you know when it comes to fashion and uh you know music and just how many great people we have not only here but just across you know the nation everywhere i can't wait to talk to so many people man and i can't wait for you guys to listen to their stories and hopefully get inspired because that's the goal of this man i want you guys to get inspired and go do your thing and follow your passion um you know hopefully from these stories you guys can you know go and do that uh again i want to thank you for listening you guys can follow uh you know rise again on instagram at rise again create um you can follow you know that's going to have everything you know with the podcast you know videos you know just anything that has to do with rise again they will be on there on Instagram and Twitter, Facebook, we're everywhere. Um, and then you could go ahead and follow me on my personal page at R-A-V Phoenix. That's R-A-V Phoenix, spelled just like the city. Again, I do want to thank you guys for listening. Don't forget, you guys can listen to the podcast on the Anchor app. And then hopefully here soon, uh, we'll get cleared and we'll be able to get you guys you know, listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all that good stuff. So definitely stay tuned for that announcement. Again, I want to thank you guys so much for listening, and this is just the beginning, Rise Again Podcast, Season 1. I can't wait for you guys to, you know, just come on this journey with me. I appreciate you guys, I love you guys, and we'll see you in the next one. Peace.